Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for a time like this. We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that we have. We say, hallowed be thy name. We have come to learn of you this evening. Holy Spirit, to reveal yourself to us in your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Um, today, by the grace of God, we want to consider a scripture and would spend some time deliberating on that scripture and seeing what the word of God has said. So the word we're looking at today is Romans chapter 8 and from verse 30 to 32. Uh, I will read from my hand here just to avoid um, interruptions. Romans chapter 8 verse 30 to 32. Okay, I'm going to start from verse 28 for the purpose of today's um, meeting. Verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good. We know that all things work together for We know that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, that's not where we are going, but there is a big um, implication there. That all things work together for good. Regardless of whatever it is that we're passing through, regardless of anything that might happen to us, we should understand that it is for our good. And not just that for our good, it, we should also understand that we can turn them around for good. But that's not our destination today. Verse 29, the scripture says, for this is why all things work together for good now. Pay attention. This is the reason why all things work together for good for them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. This is the reason. It says, for whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of a son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now pay attention. It says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, then them he called. Whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. Look at it here. It says, God has predestinated you to the adoption of sons. I don't want to use the language adoption because God does not really adopt. God begats. So God has predestinated that you will give your life to Christ. You will receive the Lord Jesus. And then... Because he has predestinated this, that you will become a son of his. He says, then he also called. 
And so when God calls a man, the next step is to justify the calling of the man. There is a, there is a, there's something here that we need to understand. Yes, we are meant to live by the righteousness of God. Yes, we are meant to operate the righteousness of God. But we must understand that there is a process for justification for every man that God has called. And so there are a lot of men that find it difficult to operate this justification and they are expecting the glory. Them he called, he justified. And said, them he justified, he also glorified. Them he also justified. He says, they are the ones he's going to glorify. So if you're a believer in Christ, the matter of whether you are called of God has been settled. You are born of God, it means you are called of him. You are called according to his purpose. And interestingly, he has justified you to a great extent. This justification is what we also know as righteousness. Please pay attention now. Even though this is not exactly our destination today, but we're looking at the scriptures. Whom he called, he also justified. The word justification mean, there means the person has been legally certified to operate in the calling that God has given to the man. The person has been legally satisfied. To be justified means to be certified to enjoy a particular authority or to enjoy a particular blessing. Praise God. This is what justification means. To be certified that you have fulfilled the law, you have fulfilled the requirement that is necessary for the enjoyment of your calling. And this justification is what the Bible also refers to as righteousness. Now we have talked about righteousness in the past, I know. We have talked about righteousness in the past. But we must understand that this justification the Bible talks about does not happen to one man at once. Romans chapter 5 verse 21. Romans chapter 5 and verse 21. I'll show something quickly there. It says, okay, let's start, let's look at 17 first, and then we'll look at 21. It says, For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. It's a much more day which received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. You can see here that this justification will lead to glorification. This justification will lead to glorification. It says, much more day that I've received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So it means that righteousness is a gift. We must understand this. The ability to stand before God is a gift. 
This ability to stand before God is a gift. Now, you must understand, being able to stand before God is a very important requirement for getting any kind of result you want in this life. Because a man that cannot stand before God cannot command respect anywhere. A man that cannot stand before God cannot by any means command respect anywhere. So, how much more they that have received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness? You see, as a result of receiving this gift of righteousness, it says they are to reign in life. You see, glorification follows the justification. They are to reign in life by one, Christ Jesus. Verse 21 says, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace. Now, pay attention now. Even so might grace even so might grace what is called grace today is the immeasurable provision of god to meet any need that you might have and this immeasurable provision of god that we're talking about is in his life that you receive that conversion grace is not something that you pray for That's why Romans 5.17 says, how much more they that have received, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. How much more they which receive. So this abundance of grace, you see that it works through righteousness. That as sin had reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. We see here that the scripture says, righteousness is a medium for the abundance of grace you have received to reign. So, it is important for us to understand this. That righteousness is a requirement. And Romans 8, that we're reading, made it clear that it is God that justifies, whom he also called, whom then he justified. And it says, whom he has justified, them he also glorified. And this justification is my faith. Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So the, the, the process of our justification relies heavenly on our faith. Now, this justification is important because, like I said earlier, it is what qualifies you to inherit every promise of God. It is what qualifies you to experience every single Bible promise. If this justification is settled, I hear me now, then you are qualified to experience every Bible promise. If 
justification is settled. However, justification or say righteousness is not something that you experience the fullness of it at once. That is where the issue is. So there are a lot of the children of God that have been justified by God himself, but they are not manifesting as one that has been justified. We'll see. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans 1 16. Let's see. Apostle Paul was talking about the gospel of the Lord Jesus here. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This is our mainstay scripture in the school of prosperity and influence. Because we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, pay attention, look at what the scripture is saying carefully. But therein is the righteousness of God. Can somebody say therein? Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You see, there's something here. If it's possible, you can underline review there. There's a word there revealed. Romans chapter 5 says, We have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So, two things. After the receiving of the gift, there must be a revelation of the gift. So if you find yourself short, you find your life short of any promise of God, it is not because you have not received the promise. It is not because it is not there waiting for you to process. It is because you do not have a revelation of it. And until you do have a revelation of it, you cannot have it. The righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by his faith. The righteousness of God is revealed. So this means that as you experience faith, as you grow in faith, as a believer in Christ, as you continue to walk in faith, as a believer in Christ, you continue to experience the righteousness and justification of God. So it means that you cannot in one day experience the fullness of the righteousness of God. No, it is not because it is not possible. It is not. It is just because you would have to grow into that phase. So righteousness is in levels. It is not because God wants you to be promoted on child. God wants to, you to do certain exams for you to be promoted. No, but it is because you have to be the one to grow. Praise God. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So as we walk by faith, as we walk in faith, and we know that faith is based on the revelation of the word of God. So it means that as more and more of the word of God is revealed to us, and we walk by faith, we are going to experience the justification of God for the promises that he has given unto us. Is there, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. 
I believe you the Holy Spirit is helping somebody. It has to be revealed. So it is not, you don't just because I'm, I gave my life to Christ, I have received the Lord Jesus. And so because of that, I automatically should be able to do all things. Yes, the scripture says you can do all things. But you have to come to, a, you have to grow to a spiritual point to be able to experience that promise. This is what is meant by uh, the, 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 as long as the, the, the son, as long as the hair, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, we're not going to read that because of our time. It says, as long as the hair is a child, it says, it different not from a slave. This is what the Bible means. That as long as you remain a spiritual baby, you cannot experience the fullness of God. And we don't become spiritual adults by praying. We don't become spiritual adults by spending, uh, you know, spending time in church alone. We don't become spiritual adults by the number of years we spend going to church. We don't become spiritual adults by our age. We become spiritual adults by faith. See, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith it is so interesting that i've not even touched my message tonight i've not even touched it so as we grow spiritually we continue to experience more of the righteousness of god praise god you can see the scripture says that we have received the gift of righteousness and the scripture says in another place that we are the righteousness of god that we are the righteousness of god notice that there are two different things that you have received the gift of righteousness and being the righteousness of god those are two different levels of spiritual growth two different levels Okay, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We can approach God. We can stand before God as our Father without feeling inferior. But as we grow in our righteousness, as I, I mean in the righteousness of God that we have now, as we grow spiritually speaking now, we continue to express more of the righteousness of God until we become the righteousness of God. When we fully become the righteousness of God, we can start before all things. I mean, all things as their master. I mean, you can get to a level where you consciously stand before all things, including the devil, as their master. So, being the righteousness of God means being able to stand before all things. Okay? As their master. You see that this is not possible for a spiritual baby. It's not possible for a spiritual baby. It is revealed. Let's go back to our initial scripture. Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8, from verse 30. So what we're saying in essence is this, as a believer in Christ, we have to endeavor to live by faith. Because the justification comes before the glorification. It is so important. The justification comes before the glorification. And there is a clear process for the justification. And it is to lead by faith. And we know that living by faith requires living by the word of God. So, say for example, you want to experience the promises of God concerning your finances. You need to live by faith in your, in your finances. Living by faith now would mean not just requesting God to bless you, but to obey the instructions of God concerning finances. Give, and it shall be given unto you. So, because the, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall remain. Go about doing good, because you will prosper. Only to the level of this uh, of the prosperity of your spirit. These are clear instructions in the Bible for prosperity. You cannot ignore the instructions for prosperity and continue to pray for prosperity and expect to prosper. God doesn't work like that. The justification precedes the glorification. So, an important part of the justification is obedience. I think First Peter chapter five, or James chapter five, one of those two scriptures. First Peter chapter five, or James chapter five, was saying. I think it's First Peter chapter five. Let's let's check. First Peter chapter five. Yes, verse 6. It says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he will exalt you in due time. Same scripture. See, this is just saying Romans chapter 8, verse 30 in another language. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So to humble means here to obey, to, to obey the instructions of God. To experience the justification. And then the exhortation will follow. Praise God. Let's look at verse 31. Romans 8 and verse 31 now. It says, what shall we say then? If God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. What shall we say? If God be for us, who can be against us? This scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. This scripture is a very popular one. But very few people have a revelation of what it means. Like as I said earlier, that 
knowing or just being aware of the word of God will not do anything for you. It is the revelation that matters. Yes, we have all received the promise. It is in the scripture. It means that we have all received it. But we are not all going to be able to appropriate them. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, this is a clear question. Who can be against us? Sincerely speaking, God is for us. But so many times, we have allowed other things that are less than God to be against us as believers. And a lot of times, they have defeated us as believers. It is not because God is not with us. It is not because of sin. It is not because we are less than God. It is not because God is too busy. It is simply because we do not have a revelation of what it means for God to be for us. And we are not walking in the righteousness that he has set ahead of us. You know, a good number of times believers in Christ receive the Lord Jesus and then they go on their own journey, go their own way and begin to live in another manner. They begin to do things like the people in the world, like the rest of the world. They begin to act like the rest of the world. They sometimes even begin to blend in. Believers. And we expect God to continue to bless us. I don't know how that will work. If God be for us, he says, who can be against us? Now, look at the verse 32. That's where we're going. That's where we're going exactly. Verse 32. He that spared not his own son. I pray for you this evening that you have a revelation of the scripture. He that spared not his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes when we look at the scriptures, we give them our own interpretation. We look at it and give them our own interpretation. We, we interpret the scriptures from the lenses of our experience and knowledge, from the lenses of the things we know. And sometimes you just find it difficult to get what the scripture is saying precisely. Please note, all things means all things. There is no caveat on all things here. There is no specificities. There is no all heavenly things or all heavenly things or all you know material things or all non-material things or all spiritual things, there is no specificities. All things means all things. He that did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
I want us to see two things from this scripture. That if it is not difficult for God to give up his son, I was asking some set of people a question sometimes ago. I said, which one do you think it is more difficult for God to give? Okay. All of the things that he has power over. I mean, all of the things that God has power over. And his son. Which one do you think it should be more difficult for God to give? And they said, his son. Because if God is a father indeed, then it, it will be difficult for any father to give up their son, okay, over the things that they have worked for. Any father would willingly give up all of the things that they have worked for just to keep their son. Any loving father would do so. And God is more than a healthy father. Now, if God can now leave his son, think about it. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you concerning this. If God can leave his son, but gave him up for you, do you now need to fast to collect anything from that God any longer? Do you think it will make sense for God to require you to fast or pray for 24 hours before you get other things? When you did not pray and he gave you his son. You did not fast and he gave you his son. Interesting. You did not even ask. He gave you his son over 2,000 years ago. Now, do you now think that God that gave up his son would not freely give you all other things? No, I do not think so. And this is not about what I think. This is about what the scripture is saying. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him of us. This is a clear question. How can he not with him? So this is where the problem is. It is not that you did not receive all things. All right. The problem is that you do not know where they are kept. God freely gave us all things but he puts them somewhere and that is the problem of believers today we don't know where god put it thank you holy spirit god has really gave us all things i want you to get this And be clear about it. God has freely given us all things. Freely. Freely. But he puts it somewhere. Let's look at the margin in Romans 8.32. Look, please, uh, let's look, take it one by one so that we can see. But he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now look at it. How shall he not Please underline, if you're reading your Bible, with him. How shall he not with him? That's the problem for most people. 
we do not realize that God gave us all things free along with the Lord Jesus. Not outside of the Lord Jesus, but along with him. Ha! Huh. Along with him. That's why you will see scriptures that say something like, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So Corinthians 5 something. Along with him. So all things has been given to us in Christ. And this is what Second Peter, Peter was trying to tell us. The same thing. Apostle Peter was trying to tell us in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He says, grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. Please note, these are the two main things that God promised men. Two main things. Two main things. That comes along with receiving our Lord Jesus. is peace. And the immeasurable provision of God to meet any need. Grace. The Bible says, Apostle Peter, the Holy Spirit of Apostle Peter said, Grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Through the knowledge. So, as we come to the understanding of who he is, we begin to see all things that we have received. So if there's any result in particular that you want, you must understand that they are in Christ. They are where? In Christ. So if you are going to now receive them, you have to walk in Christ. Is somebody listening? All things, including things, the, the, the things that are bothering you so much that you are crying about. Pray to God about your fasted about. He has given them to you. But they are somewhere. They are in Christ. If you are going to get them, it means that you have to also be in Christ. And that's the, that's the issue. Being in Christ. The lot of believers today that have received in the world, they are living by the standards of the world. They are living by the you know, wisdom of the world. They are living by the metric of the world. They are living by the oppression of the world. And as long as this is the case, that they are not being in Christ, they cannot experience all things that God has given unto them. So, as a Christian, your powerlessness is not the fault of God. Don't put it that way. Your inability to manifest the fullness of God is not due to powerlessness. Neither is it the fault of God. 
It is simply because you are not walking in him. Now, how do we walk in Christ? Because if being in Christ will give us access to all things. Is somebody listening to me at all? If being in Christ will give us access to all things, then we must understand how to be in Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. I think we're going to draw our conclusion from that scripture. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. Now, see what the scripture is saying here. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, in him. Let me repeat that for emphasis. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. The question of being in him has been answered by the scripture. The question of how to be in him by the scripture. So the first thing you want to ask yourself is, how did you receive the Lord Jesus? As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Let me ask you, how did you receive the Lord Jesus? The Lord Jesus is that you had the gospel of you believed and you, you received the Lord Jesus. If that is how the scripture is saying, that is the exactly the same way you are to walk in Him. Every promise, every manifestation that you want in Him, you must first get the knowledge of it. You must first hear about it. Okay? And then you will produce it. Verse 7 says, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Rooted. Built up in him. So, you can continually be in Christ. That your entire being is in Christ. And the Lord Jesus made it clear that without me, you can do nothing. He made it so glaring and so clear. Without me, you can do nothing. He was trying to tell us the importance of having him. Now look here. As long as you don't have me, you have a big problem. Because everything you want is in me. And this follows with what he told us. That I am the true vine. My father is the father. And ye are my branches. As long as the branch can remain with the vine, there will be a fruit. The farmer has a lot of things. To offer the branches. Is somebody listening to me? 
The farmer has a lot of nutrients. The farmer, the ground, has a lot of nutrients to give to the branches. But if the branches are going to receive anything from the farmer, from the wind, from the rain, from anything else, it must come from through the branches. Sorry, it must come through the tree itself. For example, if the farmer wants to give the branches nutrients, for example, through fertilizer, the fertilizer will have to be applied on the tree. If they are going to pour water on the tree to help it germinate, the water will have to be poured on the tree, not the branches. So every every nutrient that the branch requires, every nutrient and everything that the branch requires is in the tree. The same way, all things that you require, all things now, all things, all things, including being able to send the devil on errands, all things. You heard me, he's a messenger. Including being able to send the devil on an errand. All things that you want are in Christ. Now you are going to have to walk in Him. The Bible says you have to be rooted, built up, and established in the faith. Now look at it. There's a, there's a, there's a clear instruction here. It says, As you have been taught, as you have been taught. This reinforces the need to hear the teaching. As you have been taught, abounding therein with all thanksgiving. So it is one thing to hear about the gospel of our Lord Jesus. It is one thing to hear about the promises of God. It is one thing to hear about the word of God concerning all things. It is another thing to abound therein. It is another thing entirely. So as a believer in Christ, you must understand this. That to experience the fullness of God, you have to grow spiritually. And by growing spiritually, we mean you, you, know, you grow by faith. You grow by your experience of faith. You grow from faith to faith. And this will be manifested through righteousness. And as you continue to do this, you will experience and you will find that God has indeed given you all things. You will find that God has indeed given unto you all things. So it is now up to you, the individual, to walk by faith. It is your responsibility to live by faith. It is your responsibility to grow in faith. It is your responsibility to walk in Christ. So you have to make a commitment to walk in Christ, regardless of the kind of job you do. Regardless of how busy you used to be, you need to make a commitment 
to walk in Christ. Because as long as you do not walk in Him, you cannot experience all things that the Bible says you have received. So the hindrance is not even the devil now. The reason the promises of God are not evident in your life is not the devil. The devil does not have enough power to stop the promises of God from coming to pass in your life. The devil does not have enough power to stop the promises of God from coming to pass in your life. So your problem is not the devil. Your problem is that you are not walking in him. So do you want to experience more of God? Walk in Christ. If you want to experience more of God, walk in Christ. This might seem like a little bit too uh, ambiguous, but it is not. Walk in Christ. Don't forget Colossians 2.6. You are to walk in Christ exactly the same way you received Christ. You are to continue in Christ exactly the same way you received him. You must hear the word of God. Mix it with faith in you and then they will manifest. And how do we mix it with faith? We confess what God has said. After all, you confess the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior before you receive them. That is exactly the same way you are going to confess the promises of God concerning your life before you receive them. Or say, before they manifest. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus that from today onward, the manifestation of the promise of God, even as you walk in Christ, begins to operate in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus.